0: You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howell and Andy Nelson. Session Stand. This is a very special episode number 39. I am your host Nick Howell and joining me back finally from his world tour (laughs) back in studio here in Los Angeles, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I
1: am great. It's great to be home. I still don't know what time it is. Uh, I'm still (laughs) jet lagged. I got back, uh, what, four or five days ago and I was in Europe and and parts of that. So it was seven hours difference and I still haven't really recovered from all that. And even Africa. Yeah, that's true. I did go I did go see two continents, but uh, that's. I can't tell you much about what I actually did yet. It's. I still have to wait like six months, believe it or not, And but I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome show on NBC. Uh, if you listen back a couple episodes, I gave you a couple of clues yes. of what it might be. Yes. I uh, got to see a lot of amazing things. Um, maybe you'll see some pictures on Facebook pages that might maybe reveal some stuff just where we were, but... Mm. Um, it was the absolute highlight of my professional career. I am so excited to see the finished product of this. I'm so excited to share it with the world. I can't wait for you to see it. I'm really proud of it. And I can't, yeah, um, that's enough. Uh, 39, uh, episode 39, uh, the first thing I thought of was 39 Steps, the Alfred Hitchcock film, yes! right? The second thing I thought of was immediately go to hockey, and it's Dominic Hoshik, the Dominator, one of the greatest flip-flopping goalies of all time, uh, Hall of Famer for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and then the one thing that, that I looked up, actually, uh, that, that will kind of go into this, a little bit there are 39 boards on a typical bowling alley lane and hey what who doesn't drink beer when they're playing bowling or when they're playing bowling or when they're just bowling right so for bowling i will give it a stone cold salute i said give me a hell yeah Yeah. we should play some bowling sometime this week
0: I would love to go bowling with you. Man, it's it's fantastic to have you back. So I can't wait to hear all about the trip. We've had a little bit of time to catch up tonight before we recorded, but... um
1: any good stories that you've brought back from from all of your travels, or yeah, like I said, I can't really tell you anything without giving away where I was. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of amazing food uh, in Europe, and a, a lot you of you had a
0: lot of pictures of
1: beer. I did. I, I tried to make a point of trying a bunch of different beers. I was like, "Hey, Andy, yeah. show
0: me where you went." Oh, I will, here's this beer. Yeah, I, drank. I will <laughs> say it
1: was in the country of Germany. That doesn't really narrow it down. So well, there was a lot yeah. of good beer in Germany. So there was a bunch of different beers that I tried there. So I tried to, you know, make sure in each of the places that I tried local food and and that sort of thing. So. Um, I wanted to make sure that I got the full experience. So have
0: you had a chance to check out this new Batman and Elmer Fudd mashup comic. No, but thing? I'm
1: aware of this. Like, I've I've gotten home and like I've tried to get as much of my own like it's, like I have access to internet and stuff that I wanted to like consume. Right? Because it yeah. was a little bit difficult over there. Um, that's on my list. Uh, but I, I really took the time over the last couple of days to just really just make sure I spent the time with the family. Um, I did go to Universal on Monday with my daughter. Had never been. She'd never been, and I hadn't been in a couple of years. So I guess I should tell you about that. Um, yeah. it's way different than maybe the last time you'd been transformers ride amazing uh the studio tour where you go back through the back to the future thing they've added a couple things there where like there's this like 360 like king kong thing where you go into like the tunnel and They're like oh what's this and they, they're like it's king kong and but you're wearing glasses and he jumps over and it's it you feel like it's moving and it's not um they did another thing with the fast and furious like that Uh, We did the Simpsons ride. We didn't do the mummy because my daughter was a little scared of going into the mummy thing. Yeah, it's dark in there. Yeah, but uh, Jurassic Park was her favorite thing because we just got absolutely drenched on this ride. Uh, Luckily, I was smart enough to bring a Ziploc bag to put my phone in. Uh, But yeah, amazing day for her. Uh, The Harry Potter stuff. For her was just amazing and you go in and and you're in the room where they you get to select your wand and the, mm-hmm. the things move just like in the movie and then you go into this room and there's just all the different wands. they show you all the and like she immediately wanted to get the hermione wand and it was just like this magic and like and then you could take the wand and then go around to different things in the like the harry potter area and you wave it at certain things and like a thing in the window will move like a box will open up and so it gives the kids this like sense of like magic and it's so cool that they do this and funny enough the thing she liked the most was the Waterworld stunt spectacular? Yes, that 20 year old box office bomb still has like the live stunt show with dudes on jet skis and explosions and guns and like it's they get water all it's over the It's fantastic. Cunt. I know, but it's like it's based on Waterworld. So, like anybody in there, like, uh, like my eight year old's like, what's Waterworld? I'm like, well, it's a movie you'll never see. We have it somewhere on like a <laughs> DVD or something somewhere, but it's terrible. But uh, the show itself, like her seeing like the fake punching and like explosions, like a plane jumps over like the back of that thing and like lands in the pool in front of you. It's amazing. I forgot how good that show was. So no,
0: I'm one of those weirdos that loves that movie. So eh, that should bring us to our next topic. Actually, <laughs> Yeah. Um, let we, we need to have a conversation about Wonder Woman because you finally got to see it. I finally yeah. got to see it. It's been long enough since it's been out. So we're going to talk very briefly here about Wonder Woman. So if you don't want to hear it, if you haven't seen it, fast forward a little bit until we stop talking about Wonder Woman. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let you go first. Give me your kind of takeaways because it's still fresh. You just saw it last yeah, night. Yeah, I
1: saw it yesterday morning. Uh, I I am with the majority of people in the world that just absolutely loved it. I had an issue with kind of the end of it, um, but I thought she's great. Uh, I like. Th- I guess what we were talking about offline here beforehand. I think it's important. Like a lot of people are like, oh, it's another origin movie, and yes, you'd need an origin movie for her because I think. Everybody knows Superman's the kid that was his planet blew up and he sent to Earth to be Jesus and save everybody. Everybody knows that Batman's parents were shot. We've seen that scene a million times on. But we've never done a Wonder Woman movie, and most people think that Wonder Woman is just this really powerful girl with a lasso that makes people tell the truth and then she flies around in an invisible jet. That's not the case. She is a god. She is a daughter of Zeus, right? And so she has godlike powers, which of course we learn in this movie. Spoiler alert, if you didn't know that, but it it well I think what that does is it elevates her to instead of just like the third wheel girl that just happens to be in the in the Justice League she's like on par power-wise yeah. with the Superman Batman doesn't have powers but like as far as like the level they're the three of them are considered the trinity in the actual DC universe. So I think they did a good job of setting her up. I like the 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 sort of naivety of her being, and I think they picked a good time period to set it in the whole World War One thing, where where women were still sort of struggling to get their sort of power. So once we get into the actual world, it's her speaking, quote unquote, out of turn in those time periods, and I think that was cool that like the the female voice is being heard and the eh, yeah, it's so it's it's a total girl power movie. When you get to the point when she actually comes over the trench and goes into the battle and you see her start using her powers for the first time, like for real in the outfit, amazing. Um, I thought it was great because it was a little more tongue in cheek. Uh, then the other two, uh, the other three, if you count Suicide Squad, but I'd like to forget about that movie mm-hmm. like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a little more tongue in cheek and had a lot more heart and more fun to it and wasn't as weighted with like, like it didn't end with the people fighting that like good guys fighting for. I, I still don't think that Batman and Superman ever needed to fight no. in Batman v Superman, but whatever. So um because I now they're going to be besties. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. best friends when he comes back to life, even though they won't put him in a promotional trailer for the whatever. <laughs> Of but, course. Yeah. So, so I liked it. I know that you're on the other side of the fence. So I kind of want to hear your thing. We're gonna, we're probably gonna agree to disagree, but I want yeah. the audience to at least hear where our heads are at. You yeah, know?
0: absolutely. So I come at this from a very tactical filmmaking perspective, Go and I, I, I watched this film twice, intentionally watching it a second time to see if the, if the geek in me would get Pat be able to get past a lot of the what I found fault in. So first of all, I want to give kudos to Patty Jenkins. She shots a shit, shot the shit out of this movie. Very well directed. It looks incredible. Uh, The post looks really nice on it. So kudos um, to Patty Jenkins for the work that you put into making this look the way that it did. I think the story was fine. I loved the origins. It it felt very similar to A Man of Steel where it starts on Krypton and ends up down here. Uh, You kind of start off on the Amazon island. Chris Pine shows up through some magical wormhole in space-time. And somehow they sail out of that, whatever that is. Felt a little contrived. Um, that said, I want to talk about Gal Gadot mainly. Uh, the, the story, first of all, was it was two and a half hours long. Yep. It was a two and a half hour film. Probably 15 minutes and, too long, that movie. Yeah, and the sequences that you called out two, maybe three spots, if you include the ending, where there were big action set sequences, aside from the bow and arrow shit at the beginning, right? Where she became runs through out of the trench through the field, yep. then the sniper in the building, and yep. then the big ending action sequence. That total time might have been... 30 to 40 minutes of a two and a half hour movie. The rest of the time was Gal Gadot walking around with Chris Pine while he explained the rest of the, the plot and the story. And she got to do these cheeky little scenes where she would go in and, you know, grandstand in a time period where that wasn't a thing like you brought up. Right. And it was made to feel awkward and Whoa, who's this woman coming in here and how dare she speak out of turn and all of this kind of thing. <sighs> My problem Mainly lies around Gal Gadot. First of all, she made the deal back in 2011, if I'm not mistaken, or 2012, to do a three picture deal for scale for 300 k per film. Warner Brothers cheaped out. They took the cheapest one they could get because there was rumors of Haley Atwell, maybe even Gina Carano, somebody else, some of these other buxom fighter yeah, I remember kind of chicks Gina Carano, yeah. um, that were going to be potentially be this Wonder Woman. Haley Atwell had scheduled conflicts with her own spinoff, Peggy. Uh, whatever her, her show was yeah. the agents of shield spinoff. Then uh, I, I'm not, and I'm not sure what happened with Gina Carano. So she came in and did 300 K per picture for BBS. What was the wonder woman? And then justice league later this year. Of course, it's been a massive success. What I want everybody to climb down off of their pedestals about mostly is what I said in the last episode about how this was the, some massive undertaking of a bleeding woman, superhero film. It, it, it was Okay. As a performance, it was okay. She's very pretty to look at. She does great stunts. I just don't think her dialogue and her charisma is there yet to be celebrated as this amazing
1: five-star actress that she's being put up on this pulpit to be. I, I, I agree with you on that. I think what works for me with her is the fact that she's not known. I mean, I like the fact that that we don't know who she is other than maybe she was in the fast and the furious movie, but you know what I mean? Like and that's literally all
0: she's done. Well, other one the, other the little, little thing, indie movie. And
1: then the same thing works for Henry Cavill as Superman. Like before he was Superman, who was he? We didn't know, but like he works. And back in the day, people were like, who's this Christopher Reeve guy? He works. And then he's Superman, you know? Um, whereas Batman, it's like when you're watching Batman in 1989, you're still watching Michael Keaton playing Batman. You're still watching Jack Nicholson play the Joker. You're still watching Christian Bale play Batman. This is Gal Gadot. I don't want to call her an unknown, but she kind of is. So to me, this kind of works where I buy it. And I'm not like, I don't have a preconceived notion about her. I get it what you're saying as far as maybe she doesn't have the chops, but it worked for me. That's just my thing. But yeah, I I can see where you're coming from with that. I agree with you on the whole Warner Brothers taking the cheap sort of route or whatever like that, but I don't think that affects anything regarding the the performance and whatever. I think uh, what you're saying is, Yes, they did go the cheap way because they got the whatever. But I don't think that that makes or breaks her as Wonder Woman. Would you agree with that? That's just a that's a that's a that's a cheap sort of. Are you
0: asking me? Could they have waited and gotten someone better for a little bit more money? Then no, the answer I don't, I don't, is I yes. I, I believe they could have. Sure,
1: but I don't. I don't really think that that's a, a. But I don't think they had time. Yeah, I don't. I didn't even put that into like a a, a a reason to like or dislike her performance. I guess is what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. So we're gonna get to see more of her in in um. In Justice League, the interesting thing will be to see how her performance is in that movie. And will that be based on Gal Gadot, the actress, or will that be based on Patty Jenkins, the director, versus Zack Snyder, the director? And that's where I think it's going to get really interesting.
0: I think those two have set themselves totally apart uh, at this point. They're already framing and writing Wonder Woman 2, the sequel, because it's done so well um, throughout the rest of the year. You start throwing in. DVD sales, Blu-ray sales, and all that stuff, it's its easily going to surpass a billion-dollar uh, franchise. You're, you're going to set up a whole new run of these movies, not to mention the conglomeration in the Justice League movies that they're going to offset. So uh, kudos. They're killing it. Will and, you at
1: least give me this? Yeah. Do you like it more than Suicide Squad? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: good. <laughs> Which, funny enough, I did go back and watch, but that's a story for another time because um, I, I, I'm a sadist. Um, I just want to give some quick shout-outs really quick. We've yeah. been killing it on the uh, the Orbital Jigsaw Network. Um, I wanted to give a shout-out to the Dirty Bits podcast. If you haven't listened to the Dirty Bits, it's fantastic. Uh, it's run by Tawny Plattis and her husband, George. And they it is a quick 15 to 20-minute episode where she tells the salacious naughty bits of historical figures that (laughs) your history teacher probably left out
1: it's so good it's such a clever idea
0: yeah and it's it's really funny she's getting uh, a lot of good press right now too so uh, go over check that one out hit subscribe share it and uh, you can check that one out so welcome to the orbital jigsaw family tawny and george uh first of many shows that are going to be coming on board throughout the
1: between now and the end of the year. And by the way, good job with all that, man. I, thank you. I, 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 you've thank you. have been really working hard. And granted, I've not been here to distract you that much. Yes. But, but still, I uh, had to get a, rid you, of you <laughs>
0: in Europe for three months yeah, to actually get it. You've done. done
1: a great job of like really growing this thing. So I just you know, like nobody's going to give you kudos. So I'm going to do it. So thank you. Well done. And then you're about to tell us, I think, about your other thing you've been working on, right?
0: Yes. So I have. Uh, I have been making a total career change. I've left a 20-year tech career in the in the wings and decided that I wanted to go be something else when I grow up. And uh, it's voiceover. So Wait a minute. Grow up? I, I, I've, okay. I'm never going to grow up. Okay. I'm a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> um, I wanted to go and give, really give voiceover work an honest shot. Yeah. So outside the scope of the podcasting, um, I wanted to go create crazy video game characters, do nasty dragon voices and all of that kind of fun stuff. The, so the first step in that process is creating what's called a commercial demo. Everybody has to uh, get representation at some point. They have to do commercials. It's kind of, call it the day job of the voiceover artist. So I had my f- com- my professional commercial demo voiceover reel uh, recorded. Everything went swimmingly well. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was a great experience with Mr. Chuck Duran, a uh, big producer here in, in L.A., great director, Uh, In his studio and I was nervous going into it, but he made it very easy and we got done what should have taken four hours and about 90 minutes. Nice. So it was fantastic. Uh, What else have I been up to a Castlevania, by the way, can't wait to to give a shout out to the probably one of my favorite all time animes all of a sudden. Uh, the new Castlevania series, if you're on Netflix, if you're a fan of anime or if you're a fan of the video game Castlevania from years ago, you absolutely have to go watch this. It is fantastically drawn and illustrated, fantastically voiced by a couple of hobbits from the, the Hobbit movies. Hobbitses? Hobbitses. <laughs> um, so Richard Armitage and I cannot remember the guy's name that played Dwalin, the big oh, yeah. the big, uh, uh, big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those two guys play the two main Lead rolls there. Absolutely go check out Castlevania. It is absolutely worth every minute.
1: I have been waiting to watch this. And again, I just haven't had the time. And uh, like maybe by next week, I'll have told the, all this stuff that I'm going to. Oh, my kids are, are leaving to go to Florida uh, uh, this weekend with my wife, so I'm going to be home by myself. That's dangerous, but um, you know what that means? Like I'm going to be able to consume as pizza much pizza scotch. Want. No, no, no. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to be able to. I'm going to be able to consume as much as I want. And yeah, it, and I'm not working next week, so that'll be fun. You know what we should do is probably go watch some TV and movies. <laughs> All right, Andy, so I wanted to start a new segment here
0: at the beginning of TV and movies oh, All right. really quick. Speaking of quick, uh, I wanted to just call it quick hits. This is not something that we need to have debates on or talks about or we don't have any context on, but just things that happened and that we can move on and get past them.
1: All right, so I see the list. Should we try to ping pong this? Like you do one, I'll do one, you sure, do one. Sure, absolutely. All right, all right, you go
0: for it. You go. You go. Oh, okay. okay. John Oliver has joined
1: the cast of Lion King, playing the role of Zazu. That's the parrot guy that, yes. that Jafar has, right? Yes. Great. You remember that uh, that thing Tremors, the thing with the worms that came out? Ramboys. Yeah, with like uh, Kevin Bacon and like the dad from Family Ties, right? Yeah. So there's a TV offshoot of that where the network uh, sci-fi is going to do like a Tremors show.
0: It's a, it's about time. They've been talking about that for three or four years now. So finally, they got a network attached to it, and it's sci-fi. Nice. Uh, Daniel day Lewis has announced his official retirement from acting. Now I know this happened a few weeks ago, but I, yeah. I wanted you to get back to talk about this one. Um, he is definitely going to go down as one of my all time favorite actors. Yeah. Um, all the way back from last of the Mohicans all the way up to what Lincoln, what was the last one that he did? Sure. Lincoln. Every uh, there, he doesn't do a bad performance
1: period. True. Um, but there will be no more blood. Uh, so uh, Twitch, our old friends, Twitch, uh, they live streamed all of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 stuff for six days. Apparently yes. that happened when I didn't have internet. Yeah, <laughs> that
0: happened. I think it was the last week of June, yeah. um, but I, I thought it was important enough to do at least do a quick hit so that we could tell people about it so they could go back and watch it if they wanted to. Yeah,
1: because they're all on Netflix. If right? you have
0: Netflix, you can just go watch them anyway. It's on demand, but uh, it was really cool. I think they also tied it into a charitable contribution somehow. Right on. So uh, great stream. Uh, one more offshoot of Twitch was recently. Last weekend we had the uh, what is it called Summer Games Done Fast, which is the world's fastest speedrunners of classic video games, and they were able to raise over two million dollars for uh, Doctors Without Borders last awesome. weekend. That's great, and that is a lot of fun to watch people do like Mario World '64, um, Ocarina of Time. Great a speed run in like two and a half hours. Nice, it's it's ridiculous.
1: Hey kids, don't play video games; you'll never do anything with that. <laughs> oh really? Maybe I'll actually help people with it. Right.
0: Hey, uh, Ang Lee uh, has a new film project called Gemini Man that's got a release date now. Now, if you know anything about Ang Lee films, they're pretty badass. Except for the Hulk. Except for the Hulk.
1: (laughs) It's got a release date of October
0: 2019. So we don't know much about this film yet, but stay tuned. We will definitely uh, keep you up to date there. Last
1: thing he did was, uh, was it uh, it Life of Pi? Did he do something Uh, after Life 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 of of Pi? Did he do something after that maybe that I just forgot about? But Life of Pi was great. I mean... It, to me, his best movie is still Crouching Tiger. Oh, oh, of course.
0: Uh, he did Benjamin Button as well, um, I believe. Sorry, we're supposed to keep moving. Uh, no.
1: Hulu is adding HBO uh, for $15 upcharge. Huh? We, yeah, you get to add another $15 to have HBO. Why don't you just get HBO? HBO now only costs $15. Right, so, so why would I do this? I don't know, but whatever. Hulu, uh, good job. Whatever. <laughs> it makes no sense. Oh, by the way, your new uh, interface sucks. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that was quick hits, folks. Uh, let's move on and talk about some stuff. I, I kind of liked it. Quick yeah. hits. It was yeah. good, right? It was it's good stuff. Uh, Let we... us know what you guys think. Yeah. I want to build some more of those into that. So maybe we don't run our mouths as much and we just do more quick hits. Uh, let's talk about something I want to call universe fever. All right. Yeah, so universe everything's, Fever. Yeah. A nice jingle theme song there. Uh, So every single thing has to have a universe around it now. Thanks, Marvel.
1: Yeah, way to go.
0: So now we've got the DC universe, the Marvel universe, the dark universe from Universal, and now even the Broccolis are getting in on this because they want to have a Bond
1: universe. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about a vegetable universe. Okay, that's what you are saying. Oh, the the Broccolis, the (laughs) family (laughs) that owns Bond. Yeah, Yeah, okay.
0: Uh no the uh Alfred Broccoli's extended family yeah, that yeah. now own the rights to the Bond uh properties now want to have a Bond universe. <laughs> so they're not only going to make James Bond films, maybe they make Q films okay. or Moneypenny sure. or um, uh, like, I, I don't know how I feel about this I frankly couldn't give a shit if I'm yeah, being honest but.
1: but like where does this end is it like oh we're gonna do a we're gonna do a Velma movie from the Scooby-Doo universe is like <laughs> like is that what's next I don't know but I don't know why like... that just I don't know why that came to mind or yeah. like hey we're gonna do an inky the ghost version from the Pac-Man universe like is that gonna happen where are these Look, Clyde I think was the name of a, a ghost, day too. in
0: the life of Clyde <laughs> yeah, exactly in a two hour never film. ends
1: because these universe things are so popular it's working so well the mummy Anyways, um, hey, now, okay, did you see it? I have not seen it yet. Should we but go? We'll talk Should about we that later in
0: the lobby. All oh, right, okay. well,
1: we will go see
0: it soon, but uh,
1: we'll talk about good lobby, why. good lobby tease, by the way. Yes,
0: um, speaking of universes, uh, continuing on to that same topic, Ridley Scott now wants to turn Blade Runner into a franchise or some sort of universe with all kinds of side shoots and multiple films and all kinds of stuff. I I'm not the. I like Blade Runner as a film. I'm not. I'm not as geeked about it as I am for something like Aliens or that franchise. So I, uh, I know you really like Blade Runner. So where do yeah, you but really think like, about this? I really like
1: Aliens too. You know, the new trailer came out while while I've been gone too. You I've saw? I've not it. seen this. Oh, really? No. The, the update, like the. Okay, we should. We should. You I've seen it. a trailer, but there I don't know. Another, if it, you saw the teaser, probably right, where like Harrison Ford comes out at the end. He's like, I don't "There know. was
0: another one past that, so I might have seen it."
1: Okay, yeah. So there's another one past that. Um, to me, it, yes, it's with your favorite director of the Arrival, um, mm. uh, Denis Villeneuve. But um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, sure. Make it make more of these things. And if, if Gosling pulls it off as the whatever replicant or whatever he is in this movie, I don't know because we'll, we'll find out. Um, sure, uh, let's make another universe of Blade Runner. Blade Runner universe, sure. I don't know, like, did he do really good with his Prometheus and Alien Covenant universe right now? I mean, I don't, I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but he's got to finish yet. that. The, and the, you inc- haven't seen it yet, right? Like- covenant? Yeah, I've seen a Covenant. Oh, you did finally I see did it? I did finally see it. Oh, well, we got to talk about that. No, I mean- not until you've seen it. So if you haven't
0: seen it, we'll go see it this week while your family's gone. Okay,
1: If it's still in theaters. And we'll actually. talk
0: about it next week. All right, fine. Okay, uh, my final thoughts on Ridley Scott are, I think he might just be getting old and cashing checks. I don't know. He's, he's, what is he, 90 now? No, I don't he, he's up
1: there. He's up there. He's up there. And
0: it's just I Ridley, we love you, but I don't know if you need to be committing to opening up this much this many projects uh into something that ultimately someone else is going to have to take over on.
1: Is his mouth writing checks that his ass can't cash? Oh man. Are you quoting Fred Durst? Sure, but I think they use that in uh oh, I think they use that in wrestling at some point this oh, week too, okay. didn't they? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they you're did. right. That that's a that's originally a Fred Durst line.
0: I don't know if it's originally a Fred. Durst.
1: We should never, anyway. we should never bring up Fred Durst on this on this podcast. I don't know why uh, yeah. we just did that, but Limb, whatever. Let's Limb move
0: Biscuit on. is now getting the buzzer. Uh, in any reference to <laughs> Limb Biscuit, hey, getting back to geek shit. Yeah. CBS finally dropped the kind of synopsis, overall synopsis for Star Trek Discovery, along with some. It's
1: about time. We've been talking about this for how long now? Like, at give least us something. Like we finally got a trailer a couple weeks ago, right? What do you got? Go, Kvar. Go.
0: Uh, we we got a trailer that looks. Fantastic! Sure. Uh, I'm in. One big thing that I want to highlight is that there is going to be heavy Klingon involvement in this one, which I was over the moon to hear about. Then they are not happy. This is not a happy group of Klingons. Has there ever
1: been one well, other than war some, from like the next generation? Yeah,
0: there were some that helped throughout the series of somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, the, apparently the warring faction is going to be the Klingons that they're going to go against, and I couldn't be more excited about that. My big question comes down to, am I going to pay 10 bucks a month to watch one TV show?
1: You will have to, but I, I actually use the CBS All Access app for other shows that my wife watches. Like so, what? Uh, she watches, uh what's the one with the Big, big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory? She watches Mom. She watches uh something else. There's a bunch of stuff on there, like the entire old uh Star Trek stuff, if you don't have it on Netflix, if you don't get Netflix, the entire Star Trek back catalog, all of them, like the regular, the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, all that stuff is on there. Old MacGyver's on there. Um So... It works for us. I think we pay the $10 a month for the no commercial version of it. Mm. And so, yeah, and originally we got into it because of the cord cutting thing. Yep. That's the only way to get CBS. You can't, and I don't know how it works with the new Hulu thing. If that, if you get CBS through that or not, well, probably, they have the, probably not. Cause remember the whole, if you Hulu, have the live, the Hulu, right. The Hulu paid. Is that started yet? Yeah. If you, yeah, it's, it's out. Oh, okay. um,
0: if you have the $35 a month one with CBS, apparently you get the on demand catalog as well. I don't, my my point is is that I I have to go and look and justify spending ten dollars a month if there's something right. else on there and do I have enough time to consume even more content than I already have so a back I, catalog for? Right. I guess
1: what I'm saying is I already do it for the other show, so it works for me. And if you really break it down, if there was one that came out quote unquote every week, which I don't know if they're going to do the whole series or if they're going to do a week by week kind of thing. So what's that two fifty an episode? That's what you would pay to buy episodes on iTunes. Yeah. So it works out, and then you just quit it right when the when the when it's over. You're not locked it, in for a year. Quit it. Yeah,
0: there you go. Well, speaking of paid services and series, are you hyped
1: enough for Game of Thrones yet? Oh. Are you? Are you? I of, mean, we're we're are days you away. jumping out of your skin Dude, yet. I am. Uh, here's how hyped <laughs> I am in this limited time that I have not been watching things that I should be watching, which we've already talked about, like Castlevania. What have I done? Gone back and watched the first four episodes of last season just to make sure I'm ready for Sunday that I know everything that's going on just to remind myself right. So I wasted four hours of time that I could have been consuming something new uh, because I'm getting ready for Game of Thrones. It is hands down my favorite show ever made ever by human beings on the planet Earth. Yep, uh, and I cannot wait for this to start and I and I'm unfortunately dreading the day that it does end. Can, I can will I? tell you this. Yeah, when we were in Europe. There was a guy that we worked with who, because we each city that we were in, we had local people that were helping us sort of work around the cities. Right? This dude worked on the upcoming season of Game of Thrones. He was one of the location manager guys. What right? did he and tell he you? He was he was there. Remember the thing we talked about where they set the record when they sent the stunt people on fire? He was there, and he told me how awesome it was. And he was telling me like how they like they did it like one time and in one take, and it was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen. Like literally, like however many stunt people it was twenty or something? I don't remember what the number was. It was in the
0: arena with the dragon breathing on all the suns. Well, you don't see the the dragon, obviously, but that's
1: CG, but like remember when we read that that story of like Oh my god, they set the record of like how many people they set on fire in one shot. He was there and told me like just stories of like how awesome it was. His name was Juan. He was the coolest guy ever. So that might give you a clue of what country I was in when that happened. Good luck.
0: Hmm. Well to to whet your appetite even more, not this season that's coming up, but the final final season which is slated for six episodes. It's being teased that they're going to do 2019, right? That's neither here nor there. The final six episodes are being teased. I'm going to wait till you finish drinking to be two hour feature episodes. Uh, Spit
1: Um, (laughs) no. Yeah, great.
0: Great. So not only we're not going to get six hours, we're going to get 12 hours out of six episodes. You cheeky mustache twirling bastards.
1: I love you, HBO. That's why it's going to take so long. They don't, they don't want it to end either. No. <laughs> they don't want it to end. Oh, um, man. Especially when, with what's coming up that we're about to talk about. So here's the thing. Remember the Watchmen movie? There's yeah, there, you The know, blue dick and balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's all you remember about that film. Maybe you. The blue but, Penis Man. Yeah, well, that was there. Um, the radioactive dog. But people have always been saying, like, it should never have been a two-and-a-half-hour movie. It should have been, like, a long-form HBO show, right? right? People have said that. When that movie came out, people said that. Now, it actually may be that.
0: And about three or four years ago, there was actually some rumblings that it was going to happen, well, but now, it died off. Now,
1: it really is maybe going to happen, right? But here's the issue with it. Dare I say his name? It's like Voldemort, right? Mm. Wait, I shouldn't have said that name. But what I'm going to say is, <laughs> is Damon Lindelof. If he's involved with this... I'm really worried.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to have no ending in sight. That's that's a problem Well, Or you're going to so. get
1: one episode and then it'll it'll just never end. Right. L- uh, let me remind you of the Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine comic book from like 2005. <laughs> the greatest like single issue of a comic, like literally the Hulk rips Wolverine in half and you couldn't wait for the next one and it never came. Written by David Millaroff. Yes, never came. Never happened. <laughs> Never saw a second issue. It's supposed to be like a three or four issue arc. Never saw. Oh it. boy!
0: In case those are not familiar with the name, that shall not be named anymore. Uh, he is the one of the original writers and creators of Lost. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've seen that series, know that the ending is atrocious. He also is the was the substitute writer for Prometheus. Oops! Which was, if you've seen that, you know how horribly god awful that is. Uh, I can't
1: judge Leftovers because I haven't
0: seen it. I I have not seen that either, but I'm not holding any kind of high regard for it. Now, there is no deal in place yet for this Watchmen series. There is no official information available yet other than that Damon
1: Lindelof is pitching it to HBO at this time. That's kind of it. I still would like to see it, and they need something like this. They do. Because when Game of Thrones ends, then what? I mean, they'll have something, but... I mean, they caught lightning in a bottle with that one.
0: Well, Silicon Valley's kind of done. I don't know if maybe it has got maybe got one more season left T.J. in Miller's it. T.J. Miller's leaving, too. So and T.J. T.J. Miller's done. He's not coming back. And he's kind of the punchline of that whole show.
1: So uh, I don't know how much longer that's going to go on. Yeah, that's a, very, Take that that's, away. A, that's a very defiant move by him. Would you agree? No, yeah, yeah. oh, That's a segue. He missed the segue to the defiant one.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> The You talk about, um, the okay, so The Defiant Ones is a documentary series or docu-series or whatever you want to call it. It's four one-hour episodes, and it's the story of Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre and the legacy of Interscope Records. Okay. That doesn't sound like much on the surface. Right. But once you dig into this, you're talking about everything from mid-70s Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, All the way up through everything that you know about the 90s Mm -hmm. happened at Interscope. Wow. Right? Dr. Dre, NWA, Tupac, uh, Suge Knight, Death Row Records was actually a sub-label of Interscope Records. So, and this, I mean, this whole thing, all of the story that you know about NWA and Suge Knight and Dre and Tupac and their deaths and the East Coast, West Coast beef from the mid-90s. Oh, this is all in it? Puffy. It's all in it. And where can I find it? HBO? It's on HBO, man. I will say that I sat down, said, huh, let me see what this first episode is like. Four hours later, I'm just sitting at the TV with my mouth agape going, oh, my God, that was amazing.
1: And now they all work for Apple, right?
0: And now they well, I, Yeah, they are VPs at Apple. That Dre, At least Dre and Jimmy yeah, are.
1: Yeah. Right. But it's not Johnny Ive. It's Jimmy Iovine.
0: Jimmy Iveen.
1: Let's just be clear. Because you wouldn't have watched not it. Not Johnny Ive. Yeah, you wouldn't have watched it. No.
0: Because he would have just tried to tell you about how amazing the, and thin the
1: new Apple pencil is. <laughs> <sighs> he's like, definitely hey, watched the he's, defiant he's, He is your arch nemesis. I I, yeah. I firmly believe that. And my arch nemesis, like yeah, Batman's, yes. is Jared Leto as the Joker, who has now teased his further involvement in the DCU, uh, possibly being a part of that Gotham City Sirens thing. Backer, will be like, just uh, fine. You know what I say about that? Let's just have a different dude play the Joker, and it and it never happened. What do you think?
0: They're, I'm on both sides of the fence on this one. There's part of me that feels that he was shorthanded. He was shortchanged that he didn't get enough screen time approximately 10 minutes of actual screen time and something that he put a lot of effort and stuff into that's the the good side the other side of me hated even the 10 minutes that i saw him yes okay so i'm i'm part of me wants to be fair part of me hated him and wants to see somebody else do it There will never be another Heath Ledger Joker. Everybody needs to go away from that and let that one go. And it it was the all-time greatest performance of that as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know if anybody will ever get back to that bar again. However, I don't want tattooed Joker smile on the hand, whatever, uh, with a grill and gold teeth. No. Yeah. No. Uh, go look at the 90s Joker from the, the cartoons and the anime with the purple crush velvet suit and all of that. That's the Joker I want to see dark, but funny. Yeah, you know, so my take on this is, is he teasing it to maybe try and keep himself relevant? Probably that might be what's going I'm, on I'm feeling. Young, is Matt. he
1: going to be in Gotham City Sirens Batgirl and any of that other stuff? Probably. He might be contractually obligated for all we know. That's you know? true, and maybe they buy him out if they want to make a change. But I doubt they will. That's a bad PR move for them. Yeah,
0: big time. Well, it's our the whole thing is a
1: bad now, PR. Speaking situation. of our friends at DC, uh, you were speculating that perhaps Warner Brothers in DC need to change their name to what is it? What were you saying? <laughs> uh,
0: instead of WB, it's going to be WBA. Oh, you know why? Why? Because fucking Affleck is it. In- <laughs> everything they're doing now
1: hey maybe they should just get casey affleck and just change it to affleck brothers oh see (laughs) now you're on the same page all right i'm here to help you buddy and
0: look they've now greenlit a sequel rightfully so as well i don't think anybody realized how well his film the accountant did the accountants did uh the, the accounts realized it, which is why the Greenlit the Sequel. But it was on a forty four million dollar budget and it has grossed upwards of one hundred and fifteen million dollars already. All right. Which is fantastic. And that's worldwide. It even made eighty six million. It doubled its budget domestically. And I don't know anybody that saw it. Any accountant would know that you (laughs) needed to make a a sequel to The
1: Accountant. But they'll figure out a way to write
0: it off. And might me either. I don't know anybody that went to the movies to see it. But apparently a bunch of people did. Probably all accountants. Uh, Speaking of accounting, also (laughs) uh, WB settled with the Tolkien estate uh, for over $80 million. The Tolkien, the J.R.R. Tolkien? J.R.R. Tolkien. All right. Uh, Apparently, Warner Brothers let it slip that this is a funny story. Somehow one of the estate lawyers of the Tolkien estate randomly got a spam email one day that was Hey, come play this new Lord of the Rings online slot game. <laughs>
1: you Why? know those things. Did a Muppet send the email? I don't
0: I don't know. It might have been Kermit. <laughs> um <laughs> So yes, one of the estate lawyers at Tolkien got this email an invitation email randomly to come play this slot game that was Lord of the Rings and goes,
1: "Hmm, I've played that slot. In yep. Vegas, it's fantastic because <laughs> it's to- all like it's all like the music and the voices like I'll play any slot machine. In fact, I played one in a country that I won't name uh, that had a casino. And I was hoping for like a James Bond experience, but it wasn't that at all. It was like a terrible casino, but it was Titanic. Cause okay. it was, like the only one that like a movie one, I'll play any like movie thing that has the noise that I like. Yeah. Sorry. Lord of the ring slots. Go finish the story. <laughs> the Tolkien estate
0: files a massive lawsuit against Warner brothers saying that they did not agree with, you know, this being a digital property. It was not part of the contract. It was, they felt it was liable against the legacy of the Tolkien name. Which, whatever, you know, it, it, digital gaming is part of the whole thing now. So sure. apparently Warner Brothers paid him off. They paid him another 80. Like, here, go away yeah. is basically what that was.
1: And they hit the jackpot. So
0: that's been ongoing now for about five years. It started <laughs> in 2012 before they even started doing the Hobbits. Uh, the Hobbitses. Hobbitses. Movies. Hobbitses. Uh, and it finally settled for $80 million.
1: It's nothing. It's like a, it's like a double jackpot in like on one of those machines. <laughs> is it even real money? Yeah. Or is it, I don't know, second breakfast? Um uh okay so we got to talk about Spider-Man uh we, neither of us have seen it so we'll have seen it probably by the next time we record this yes. uh we're excited to see it it's done pretty well right 283 million box office yeah worldwide uh, misad- so
0: far it's killing it yeah. um uh, you know it had that kind of it hit that that mark of
1: 100 million opening
0: weekend domestically uh that's what every studio wants to see a big uh franchise movie do um like i think that's one of those that we'll definitely go see next week when your uh family
1: uh, jettison's out of town. Where are they going? By the way, Disney World? No, they're just going to Florida to see my in-laws. Oh, um, okay, it, yeah, it's, I thought they lived I, in Ohio. I didn't get to. Uh, no, that's uh, my that's brother. Doug- yeah, yeah, my okay. brother-in-law.
0: So, speaking of Spider-Man, there is something we can talk about. Apparently, Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige got into a uh, you know a conversation about who gets to do what with Spider-Man and all his villains, right. rogues gallery. And this if is you before
1: will. she's no longer at Sony now, but yeah,
0: right. Uh, she still has some kind of. Sway or something over there. Anyway, it's to do with who gets Spider-Man as part of the Marvel universe and who gets the other properties that are in the Spider-Man world and where they fell down on was that Spider-Man for the time being lives with the Avengers and his villains belong to Sony. Got it there. And they will work collaboratively together to bring these to life. So the, the big question was around the new Venom movie that's being speculated. So will Spider-Man and Venom get to be in the same movie together? Uh, Right now, they don't know. Hmm. Right now, there's there's a lot of talk happening, not a lot of confirmation. So we'll stay on top of that one. I can't imagine having a Venom movie without Spider Man in it.
1: Right, it doesn't make any sense.
0: It just it, anyway.
1: And you know, if if don't forget, it's going to be Tom Hardy maybe. So yeah,
0: Tom Hardy is Venom. <laughs>
1: oh, Mister Spider Man,
0: see. I wonder if he'll wear his mask. <laughs> Perhaps you should have put Spider Man in this Venom movie.
1: Hey, the other thing uh, Kevin Feige uh, said recently uh, was that he confirmed that Avengers 4, which I guess would be not Infinity War, but the one after that, unless is Civil War considered Avengers 3? Yeah,
0: I think it is. Is it? So Avengers 4. Right.
1: Well, actually, Infinity War is two movies, maybe. No, I
0: think Civil War is considered an Avengers movie because they're all in it. Sure,
1: except for the Hulk.
0: I think Infinity Wars is what he's referring to as Avengers 4. Okay,
1: and he's saying that is the current end of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe, which basically means all the contracts run out and then we'll do a reboot, right? Yeah, you
0: remember if you go all (laughs) the way back to the beginning of the first Iron Man movie, there was this phased out approach over the course of 10 years. Right. And that's this. This is well, has there, to do there with the phases. There
1: wasn't. I mean, they had it on like a paper, like hidden in an office somewhere. And oh, when, it's an, it's they, on Wikipedia. But then when Iron Man was successful, they're like, Oh yeah, we've got this whole like plan,
0: you know. So some some Kevin Feige probably drew it up on a whiteboard somewhere sure, and was just sure. like,
1: Hey, I've got this idea. Yeah, here's a good yeah, idea. Shut
0: up, kid. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yes, uh, and, now, and now he's like, ha, 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 <laughs> I, have, I have all the money. I have all the money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, they say that the second Spider-Man Homecoming sequel the the second movie will be the the cutoff point and then or it'll start a beginning of a whole new chapter so what's phase phase three (laughs) i I, I don't know we'll see what happens with that we'll stay tuned on that one. phase two
1: collect spider-man under ruse
0: yeah (laughs) well phase three's profit yeah uh all right we're gonna talk about your favorite thing in the world star wars we have to talk about some star wars yes uh, I want you to talk to me about forces of destiny because you've seen a little bit of this and I haven't. What is forces of destiny? Okay, so
1: we talked about this a number of shows back. This is these are like two or three minute little like YouTube videos you can find. Uh, it they're they're directed or produced I think by Dave Filoni, the guy that did all the Rebels and the Clone Wars stuff. Cool, the guy in like the Indiana Jones hat, super cool dude, right? So these are uh, the female characters in Star Wars, little like snippets. So like one of the ones I saw was. Um, uh, like with Jen Erso, one of the ones I saw was with Princess Leia, and for for the most part, all of the actual actresses, like Daisy Ridley, voices uh, um, uh, Ray, and and I think Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter, uh, does Carrie Fisher's voice. Um, but, yeah, they get all these in there doing gin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're all like doing their thing. And, and they're little like three minute things that kind of exist or don't exist within the universe. Are
0: they all mashed up and
1: on the same in the same cartoons uh, together? No, that's kind of weird. No, cool. they're like little separate stories like it, it, they're it, it requires no time investment whatsoever. These things, like I said, are like three or four minute little shorts. Look them up. YouTube forces of destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. All female based. It's it's cool. Um, definitely check it out now the other thing that has happened uh, since we've last gotten together is there's been a big we'll call it a scuttlebutt if you Mm. will of this Han Solo movie right all kinds of big trouble uh, Lord and Miller are out as the directors. Ron Howard is in to make uh Apollo thirteen Part Two with Han Solo <laughs> with the Millennium yeah, Falcon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put Chewbacca. I wonder if they'll get to the moon yeah. this time. Let's put Chewbacca in the vomit comet, no, 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 no. make him float around. um But yeah, so this is this is a huge story. Now, this is a bigger picture thing for me.
0: So, wh- hang on, back up a step. Why did they get kicked off of the Han Solo film? What was the story there? Well,
1: it's all speculation, right? So uh, apparently, Lord and Miller, who are the guys responsible for like a lot. of comedic sort of movies like the two Lego, like they did Lego movie. And I think they did the, uh, the the Lego Batman movie, uh, the 21 jump street movies, which are a lot of fun. Um, Their, their style of directing is all like improv and like comedy and like finding the comedy, which in theory you would think a rogue, funny character like Han Solo is a young guy. You want that sort of like funny buddy cop adventure stuff. Let's see what him and Lando, like what hijinks will they get up to? Like maybe that was like the idea that they sort of were, were working on. Again, this is all speculation on my part based on a couple of things that we've all read. Right. So, Apparently, the brain trust of Lawrence Kasdan, the guy who is the Star Wars Bible guy, the guy that wrote Empire and, you know... Revered among Star Wars fans, and the Disney brass were like, mm, "We don't really know if we want that." There was some talk also of maybe uh, Alden Iron or whatever the guy that's playing Solo. His performance wasn't that good, um, mm. and they bring in an acting coach in addition to Ron Howard. And like, why would you need an acting coach if you've got a, an A-list director? So there's all kinds of like, is this movie going to be any good? Is it still going to make the release date in May? They they shut down for a little while. Ron Howard comes in, but you know they've they've done all their Disney press spin of uh, uh, Woody Harrelson came. Out today or yesterday, I was like, "Hey guys, don't worry. I'm Woody Harrelson. I'm just gonna go over here and smoke a bunch of weed. It's cool. The force right?
0: is still with this film. Yeah, of course he's gonna say that, right? Because so, he's stoned.
1: So yeah, I mean, it, what is it? It's coming out. Uh, it's coming out next May, right? It is. Still
0: uh, May of 2018. Yeah. Which, so. Yeah.
1: You know, you, you, do, you Disney, of course, has their PR people, and we'll get a little bad story out of this. Lord Miller have come out, have not come out and said I can't believe like they're probably well. There are prob- some
0: stories coming out from the set. So sure, here's, what, I, I've, here's sure what I've here's i am sure There's heard. a
1: big gag order on a lot of it too. Well, yeah.
0: Here's what I have heard from somebody who worked on the set but wasn't on, on the set at the time. They said this. Um, they said that they that Lord Miller were given explicit instructions to shoot scenes a certain way, and instead of doing that they did that and then went back and shot their own takes nice. on top of it so yes so the reason they the, the brass were not happy with how long setups were taking to get in the can and so the reason behind that is because they were shooting all of their own stuff as well as what the brass wanted so basically they were shooting it
1: twice this is going to get into a much bigger picture. We're going to revisit this in in, in the lobby because okay. this is, this is going to bring up a big point that I want to make. So Good. let's let's put it let's put it like a little um, let's put a yeah let's let's shut down the hyperdrive and move on to another Star Wars thing. Basically, Episode Nine is going to get a release date of May twenty fourth of wait two thousand nineteen.
0: What marketing genius made that mistake?
1: I don't know if it's a mistake because the first movie came out May twenty fifth.
0: Listen, are they, if, if you're gonna have a Star Wars movie come out in May. How are you not going to do it on May the
1: 4th? Because Memorial Day weekend. Oh, That's what they're doing. That's what morons. they're doing. That's what they're doing. I agree, with your, I agree with your logic, and, and I agree with this logic, you too. You would get
0: so much geek fandom out of doing yeah, it on May the 4th. what if May 4th is on
1: a Tuesday? You know I mean? You're right. It's still going to make money. <laughs> but um, either way, uh, the other thing that was actually really good logic, it was long overdue. Yes. Mr. Mark Hamill finally gets a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well-deserved. Uh, Congratulations, sir. Yeah, and uh, I wish we had been there to see it because I'm sure that would have been really cool.
0: I hope he does a speech in Joke of Voice. <laughs> or whatever it would be. <laughs>
1: uh, moving on, Netflix. We talked about them with Castlevania, but there's a couple things to bring up. October 27th is going to be a very big day on Netflix because we will finally get Stranger Things 2. Oh, I thought it was because it's almost my birthday. Yes, yeah, Stranger Things 2 is coming out. Um, October 27th which is a Friday they also moved it up from the original release date which was originally Halloween now the other thing to know about October 27th this is going to be a crazy geek day there is talk of not only that coming out that day the new Super Mario Odyssey game which everybody (gasps) is looking forward to on Nintendo Switch is slated to come out that day I think there's an Assassin's Creed game that's coming out that (gasps) day and there's some other big thing that I can't remember off the top of my head so October 27th write that down in your calendars if you're a geek and you like stuff that's a good day
0: Wow, that's going to be a busy weekend. Yes, uh, there's going to be a lot of drinking involved on that weekend because I'll be an old man officially. Are you turning forty this year? I'm turning forty that weekend. Oh man.
1: All <laughs> <right. clears throat>
0: Yeah, we right. need to pause for a moment while I go change my Depends.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to get you some Centrum Silver. Oh yeah, that's that's for, some, that's some for fifty year olds for my for calcium for my bones. Yeah. Chondroitin <laughs> closamine chondroitin for your joints.
0: Well, hey, speaking of Stranger Things, basically all we got was the release date and a new poster. And apparently the whole world is going to be the upside down now. They're going to turn the whole world upside down. Great. Instead of just their little town with that research center in it. But there was a funny parody that went around the internet um, where somebody found the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's face in the clouds on that ah. poster. And I was like, damn you, goes with the Destructor. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was you all along. Now it all makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's about that time I realized it was the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> that
0: and goes into the structure. Yeah.
1: He put that state-pump marshmallow man in there, and I said, I need about 3 there. Oh, boy. That only pays for one-third of my Netflix subscription. Hey, speaking of Netflix, Glow. Have yeah. you, uh, you, no, you, I haven't seen it. Is of it course awesome? you
0: haven't. You've been in Morocco.
1: No, you could say Morocco. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if I've been there or not, but oh. I might have been there. Okay. You said Africa. It could be anywhere. It could be yeah. Ghana. It could yeah, be Zimbabwe. It could be Egypt. Who knows? I yeah, I was in I was in a desert. How about yeah. that?
0: You were. I saw, I saw pictures of camels. Yep. Uh Glow. If you haven't seen Glow, it is fantastic, especially for all of you ladies out there. If you're not familiar with Glow, Glow was a kind of a three-month run on early eighties television that stands for gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yep. Now you don't have to be a fan of wrestling or even understand wrestling to enjoy this show. It's a quick ten episode, thirty-minute episodes. Uh, it is fantastic. It's a lot of you're not going to recognize a lot of the talent that's in it. Again, some up and comers getting a shot, um, but it is a lot of fun. Cool, and it really highlights the true story of how this came to be. Uh, this was a real thing that yeah, happened. It's, I remember it's based it. on a true story of a, a, a phenomenon that happened in the early '80s, as as wrestling was really starting to take off. Still in its regional format, it hadn't become the WWF or anything like that. So they really. If you're a wrestling fan, it's going to be super special to you. If you're not a wrestling fan, just enjoy seeing beautiful women wrestle, and it's a lot of fun.
1: We already talked at length about Castlevania, so we don't need to bring that back up again. Yes. Uh, You're more concerned about where the Daredevil and Punisher things, right? Well,
0: other than it's already been renewed for a season two. Which one? Castlevania. Oh, good. Point. It's been out
1: a week, yeah,
0: and it's already got a season two renewal on the on the docket. Let so. me tell
1: you this. So the thing about that, and, and we didn't bring it up. Uh, Warren Ellis uh, is the guy that wrote it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Big time comic book writer. One of the one of the one of the most revered like comic book writers recently. The thing you need to go back and watch is they did something very similar. I'd say maybe ten years ago. And you're a, as much of a GI Joe fan as I mm-hmm. am. If you get a chance, look up GI Joe Resolute.
0: I remember this name from. Look somebody. it up, okay. And
1: it, it is that sort of like different take on the GI Joe thing that you're going to absolutely love.
0: Did you know that Warren Ellis is also good friends with the my co-host over on Busted Wide Open, Mr. Ian, Sir Ian Dangerous? He's good friends with him. Yes, he knows Warren Ellis. He knows Warren Ellis. I gotta talk to Sir Ian. Dangerous yes, about you this. must go talk to Sir Ian about Mr. Warren Ellis. I uh, might have seen uh, him you guys last night. could trade I might have
1: seen him last night after my hockey game. We'll see. Pick me to it, no. bastard.
0: Ah, speaking of which, if you guys are into wrestling, since we were just talking about glow, make sure you go check out the busted wide open podcast. Quick little plug there. Yeah, you
1: guys are doing great on that. It's a lot of fun.
0: Uh, we're having a blast doing it and we can't stop talking about it. So, uh, yeah, if you want to hear everything that happens in the week of wrestling in a matter of an hour or two, you can catch up with us, uh, over on busted wide open.
1: So, uh, one thing I was able to get access to while I was gone, were a bunch of trailers. Um, Mm. there's a few that, that we should talk about whether or not, uh, I think you've seen all these uh the first one is the foreigner and not the the band that talks about being urgent um but the actual movie it looks like taken with jackie chan kind of <laughs> but or the punisher in a yeah, weird way like it looks pretty fun i, I like i want to see it and it's jackie chan with a gun when have you ever seen jackie chan with a gun
0: uh never maybe, maybe
1: story or something like but
0: it never like, it rush hour he might use i don't know i don't remember but uh, yeah d- no the trailer for this is awesome the first minute of it is kind of dull he's just sitting there and Talking to Pierce Brosnan, I want, oh, to, yeah. I want to know who I the forgot, Obama's are. Brosnan's in it. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Uh, plays the head of the either MI6 or CIA or something like that. I don't know. Perfect, uh, But it's, you know, yes. Is this chock full of cliches and all kinds of movie tropes from action movies? Yes, and that's absolutely why we love it. We get to see Jackie Chan whipping ass again. With James Bond. With James Bond. Uh, one of my favorites. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. This movie, I hope it's going to make a fortune overseas because it's Jackie Chan being Jackie Chan. And, uh, you know, it should do really well here as well, because who doesn't want to go see these fun Sunday popcorn movies?
1: Right. Speaking of Sunday popcorn, uh, if you've ever been to the circus, you got some popcorn. But we had talked about The Greatest Showman or the P.T. Barnum movie. Like, uh, I think we did. We talk about that. Like, it,
0: we did a yeah, little like, bit. We touched it, on it.
1: We we heard that the movie was coming out. with like and like my th- first thought was, oh, this is going to be really cool. And they like going to like the dark like PT Barnum like dark thing this is not the trailer we got the trailer we got was like happy like it's the greatest show on earth like the like maybe this is the what they're selling us and we might get that movie but this is like the whole like this is the Hugh Jackman Oscar uh Christmas movie where he plays PT Barnum and it's a happy movie where he's going to fight to get his circus made and he'll make the like like he's down on his luck but he's going to he's going to make the greatest show on earth Great trailer. Great trailer. This
0: movie is going to turn into a printing press of money. Yeah. It is going to make an absolute fortune. If you've not seen this trailer yet, go check it out because it's Hugh Jackman at what I think getting back to his Le Mis caliber of performer, yeah. um, singing, dancing, all of that stuff is going to be part of this. You've got all of the circus elements. There's a bearded lady in it. There's uh, little people in it. Sold. There's elephants and all kinds of crazy stuff in it. So uh, believe me, this is one that will n- not be passed over by many people. This is going to be seen by millions of mi- of people.
1: Speaking of one that's going to be seen by millions of people, but I was like a little bit sad about it, was the Jumanji trailer.
0: It looks terrible.
1: I read that book as a kid. Um, and I always, and I played board games as a kid. And so like that game or, like that book. And then like, even the Robin Williams movie, like I loved what they did with it to me. Like you always wanted the things that you did in board games to come to life, you know, just like you wanted your toys to come to life. And I think that this sort of move to like a video game thing kind of cheapens it. Like, it's going to be great. Like the rock and Kevin Hart and all these people will be fun. Jack black will be funny. But like, to me, it like you lose the whole spirit of the, of the Jumanji thing, like the whole like board game coming to life. And if you, Click, click, click. If you go, like, three spaces, if you land on this one, if you roll the wrong number on a dice, uh, this will happen Tigers to you. come out and, and eat right. you. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, now you're just in the middle of a video game, and it's all about, like, oh, and then... So who's you t- controlling the video right. game? Right. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, it's, and Nick
0: Jonas is going to be their
1: savior. Sure, and I love the fact that they use Welcome to the Jungle in the trailer. Come on. That's awesome. Wow. But, like... I'm not as excited about this as I wanted to be. I get it. Like I, I I'm old, and like I wanted, I wanted to be my lawn. I wanted to be my old g oh, you darned fools! What are you doing? Where's the damn rhinoceroses?
0: Yeah, I have no intention of going to see this movie. That's that's really my take on it. it it's it's kind of
1: just. Uh, pfft, I'm one big punchline. Yeah, I'm obligated. I have oh, kids. Course. Plus, my wife loves The Rock. So done. We're going. Um, <laughs> but here's the other thing. You just showed me this this trailer, which is not a movie. But a television show yes. from a thing that we just talked about. We probably should have included this here. But this Ozark yes. show from Netflix, I'm going to let you describe it.
0: Um, when I ran across this, I believe it was last night, and I, I saw the
1: posting on Facebook today of it, the official announcement,
0: it's coming out in a couple of weeks. That's what Netflix
1: does. They're like, you hey. bastards. Yeah, they're not like, hey, it's coming out at Christmas. They're like, hey, this trailer that we just showed you for something you've never heard of, that's awesome. It'll be here in like a week. <laughs> So I had heard
0: that Jason Bateman was doing a project with Laura Linney uh, months ago. And just for some random rag, I read that in. And I had no idea that it was going to be something like this. So it's being pitched by Netflix as Breaking Bad meets Fargo starring Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Perfect. And what a combination because the trailer, if you watch it, it, it delivers. It's darker than Breaking Bad went without any of the comedy elements to it you put Laura freaking Lenny in there. You put Jason Bateman, who's great with his timing and his, and his delivery man. And it's, it, it's got the mood. It's got the look, it's got everything. It's got the, it's basically Jason Bateman is a Monday launderer for the second largest drug cartel in Mexico. <laughs> And there are scenes in the trailer of them having entire walls of money. Yeah. Um, he references in one of the trailers about having they just stopped counting the money because there was so much of it, and they just load it up in trucks and go to the scales and weigh it and estimate how much money there is in there. So being at the center of that operation is and, you know, all of the people trying to rob you constantly and all this is gonna be absolutely fantastic. Again, Netflix just knocking it out of the park picking winners. And uh, I think this is going to be good. So I, I'm, and it's in two weeks. It's the 21st. It's like ten days. <laughs> yeah, oh, five man. days after Game of Thrones, we get that show, and we get all of them right. We get uh, in classic Netflix form. We get the uh, the whole season uh, on day one. So you that'll wish,
1: be a long night. Do you wish we got all the Game of Thrones at once, or do you like yes. the week break thing?
0: No, I hate the week break because because we we're in the Netflix era now. We're in the binge era, yeah. and and I've heard. Um, I think Reed Hastings was talking to the head of HBO or something like that about why they should release all of them at one time. The difference is is that uh, I don't think HBO completely finalizes it before they release episode sure. one. They're, probably still, They're still doing post yeah. on the later episodes. So That said, there's only seven episodes this season. There's not 10 or 12 like there normally are, or 10, whatever. So yeah, Ozark coming out in 10 days. Definitely check that out. Game of Thrones is when? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday,
1: yeah, exactly, Sunday. Exactly, yeah.
0: Oh, boy. All right. Well, that is a lot of catching up that we have had to do on some TV and movies, but we can't get out of here or head to the lobby without talking about some video games.
1: We're going to start with some of the classics on this, right? So like Sega, you told me that like I knew that they were doing this Sega classic thing where like some of the old like Sega Genesis games were going to come out for like the phone. That we, happened now. We knew and this I, was coming, and I missed it. Uh, you played what was it, Sonic and like well, they, they, uh, Altered Beast or something? They're they're on the iPhone and iPad now.
0: They're all, they're available as in, on individual downloads. Now, what this is is a it's a promotion that Sega is doing called Sega Forever. Oh, and it's got this neat you know <laughs> existential Sega. name, right? Yeah, Sega. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Crazy Taxi, Altered oh. Beast, uh, and two or three other. Oh, I've got them written down: Comic Zone. Fantasy Star Two, Kid Chameleon, uh, some I, of the some of the greater classics okay. from Genesis. Okay. Here's my take on it. I downloaded Ultra Beast and I downloaded Sonic, the first Sonic game, yep. and played them for about five minutes until the novelty wore off of that I was playing an old retro game. Yep. And then I remembered that that I missed the tactile functionality of
1: having a controller in my hands. Oh, is this the thing like, oh, you're on the iPad and it has like the little circle that's like you move your thumb and that's supposed to be the stick and then there's like fake buttons. And it just doesn't work. Yeah, like I remember when they made like NBA Jam for the iPad and like the iPhone, it was like the same thing, like it just didn't have that same feel. Okay, I get it. I see where you're going with this. Weren't they going to do, I th- maybe they're doing some other Genesis at the end of the year, kind of like the Nintendo Classic. I think they're doing a newer Genesis Classic. Sega is bringing
0: a, a, a classic version of their console back, but it's also going to play the cartridges.
1: Oh, that's what Nintendo should so, have done. So, one-up. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: one-up Nintendo so that any of your old cartridges for if you have collector games and things like that, like you can NHL still... NHL
1: 94, which is 10 feet away from us. <laughs> And I believe Altered Beast
0: is in there too, as a matter, now that I think about it. There you go. Um, That's probably worth some money now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Yes, Nintendo is also doing the Super
1: NES Mini now. And while I don't want it, I do. They've got like this. Oh, there's like they got me on this one too because there's Star Fox 2. I love the original Star Fox. And Star Fox 2 was never released to the world ever, but it's on this thing.
0: And it's also got 21, including that one, 21 pre installed games that are a who's who of super NES games. Yes, right. Except for all
1: the super Star Wars games, but fine. I'm okay with that. It's
0: fine. Whatever. But you know the Mario Karts, the Mario World, all of the ones that you wanted yes. to play on Super, Super NES, Mar- like the
1: Super Mar- like the first Super Mario Kart game, which was like we had like tournaments in my fraternity of like sixty five people playing this game. Yeah, like I know that game more than I know the sixty four <laughs> Mario Kart game. More than you know, Tecmo Bowl? No. Okay. Hutt, 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 hutt. yeah
0: ready down hutt, hutt, hutt. yeah no uh september 29th for $80 good luck
1: folks yeah good luck you know, <laughs> nobody can get it nobody's no, gonna get nobody. one i'll get one and i won't play it again just like my <laughs> NES classic but
0: uh they did say that they have extended the controller cables another
1: five feet oh good for them good for them
0: my advice is get a 20 foot long hdmi cable and just sit the thing on your coffee table <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go there you go it's that's cheaper. the way to
0: solve the puzzle the problem there uh, there's another game that you played for the Switch that we wanted to talk about yes um, so
1: there was a big release uh, one of their like original Switch games designed for the Switch This game called ARMS so imagine like a Nintendo version of Tekken or something, where there's these little characters and they have these like go-go gadget, like Inspector Gadget arms that f- shoot across the screen. So you're holding the Joy-Con. So it's
0: not like ro- Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. So think of, like,
1: think of like think of like think of like Wii Boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where you're you're punching and you're doing stuff with your hands, like punching the screen and but you're trying to hit stuff or make a move with two hands. Like it's it's actually really fun. Okay. So. um... It required us getting actually another Joy-Con controller, like the two pieces, so we could actually do a two-player thing. But it's a lot of fun. It's really cool and really inventive, and it's got that like Nintendo fun thing. So if you have a Switch, if you're lucky enough to get one, which they have them all over Europe, by the way. You can get them anywhere. They have them all over the place. Yeah, Andy
0: even offered to bring me one home. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, no, I still don't want one. Sorry. Yeah,
1: Uh, this game is a lot of fun. It is not like it's it's an okay one player experience, but I I could really see this. Like my daughter and I have been playing it a bunch. It's a very cool like uh, two player in the room kind of game. Nice. Uh, But that leads me to another thing. Uh, I did get home. I remember I was talking about like I wanted to get uh um, some reason like I'm into fighting games this summer. So that's arms. I got that one. And I also went and picked up uh, Injustice 2. Yes. And uh, Tekken 7. I have not started Tekken 7 yet, but I have, have delved into a little bit of the Injustice 2 thing. Uh, It's just what I expected it to be. It's super fun. It's Mortal Kombat style, like left, right sort of fighting thing and you can punch people through walls and then like the finish You've done
0: you- the crazy finisher yeah. where superman flies you to orbit and he does all that crazy? <laughs> I, haven't, I
1: haven't gotten to superman yet but i've gotten like the, i've done the flash <laughs> one and the batman one and the green Lantern one's great does he uh, run over
0: you with the car is the that flash, the batman one
1: uh, no he takes he, he picks you up in a batwing and like takes you up into the like the stratosphere and like you see like the batwing silhouette in the moon yeah. and then he comes out like shoots you a bunch with a batwing oh, uh it's it's awesome um and then the the cool thing about that is like the story stuff around it. So like before you're like it's like you're Batman and then you have to fight this guy because of something, right? Um this universe is set in like in a weird way where like Superman's a bad guy and he's like in prison from something. Like they had to come up with a reason that Superman had to fight Batman in the game, right? So are like, "Oh, Superman's a bad guy because of like cuz why else? Why would it always? It would always be like Batman fights the Joker, or Batman <laughs> right. fights the Riddler, or Batman fights Gorilla Grodd. No, it's like we need to see Batman and Superman fight. So Superman's a bad guy, and then the finishing move is him saying like, "Martha." No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the cutscenes are really well done. I can't wait to finish it. I don't know if there's like unlockable characters, or whatever, or different skins, but there's like there's like little things like, oh, you can get this better cow for Batman, and it makes his power better. So there's like little like. Achievement reward things to do for your fighters, which makes it more than the typical fighting game. Yeah, I mean, I'm into it. So yeah, and Justice Two, if you like DC universe, go for it.
0: Cool. Uh, We got some word that the Naughty Dog guys are not done with the Uncharted universe. Dare I say that word Good. again? Uh, however, they're not going to involve Nathan Drake anymore. Aww. Now, what this means is that there's a lot of side characters like Sully sure. and uh, Chloe and all of these other side characters. So even beyond, the villains are kind of cool. Yeah, Beyond Lost Legacy that's coming out uh, later this year. Um, we're like going to get more in the Uncharted realm of tomb raiding and you know all the thievery. Great, and uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. All right, I need us. To take a breath and have a little beginner moment of silence, because we are getting ready to enter. Not only are we getting ready to get Game of Thrones, not only are we getting ready to get Ozark. Yep, we are getting ready to get Destiny Two Beta.
1: Yes, that comes Tuesday. Tuesday on PS Four, and then I think uh, what Xbox on the next day on Xbox.
0: Yeah, uh, and then it runs so from the eighteenth through the twenty third, yeah. the Destiny Two Beta, which will put in motion arguably the next six months of our video gaming careers
1: and on the 23rd apparently like there's like a one hour window where you get to go explore the social space the farm (gasps) there's like a one hour window like 10 a.m. like pacific time where they're going to open that up for everybody so while people are, oh god can you imagine the lag while everybody's trying to load into that (laughs) but it's not like it's not like you're gonna miss it because you're at work i believe that's a sunday so yeah um i might have pre-ordered it for both systems I didn't pre. I actually forgot that I had
0: pre-ordered it, and I went to pre-order it again, and it goes, "Oh, you've already pre-ordered oh. it." Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> all right, some quick Blizzard news, all and right. then uh, things, some things that happened this week. Uh, Overwatch for the Overwatch players out there, you are probably over freaking the moon that Doomfist has finally arrived. The great villain that is kind of the center of the lore of everything that goes on in Numbani and all of the other areas of the world of overwatch has finally arrived now he's an offensive character with a giant fist and he basically shoots little shotgun shells out of his left knuckle as a primary attack and then his secondary is this giant fist that just shoots lightning out of it and he does all these crazy meteor strikes as his ultimate he's getting some mixed reviews so far on the PTR because it's an up close melee combat kind of character what's a PTr uh public test realm okay um, so people that are, that are playing it over there are, you know, testing certain strategies out the, the overwhelming thing that people are complaining about right now is that he has no escape ability. So while it's great that you can charge in and beat the hell out of somebody, you got no way to get out and usually just die, right? Cause by the time you got in there and taken two or three people out, you're, you're dead yourself. So more to come on that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go in and play him yet. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but stay tuned for more on
1: that, but this, like he's available, you can go like, it's not like when you said public test realm, that means like, everybody, uh, I, uh, everybody has access. You know, to I
0: honestly don't know if he's, he's been officially announced. He may be available as of yesterday. It may be next week. I know
1: when I was on my PS4 this morning playing on uh, there was an overwatch update. So maybe that was okay, part of
0: it. that. That might've been it then from yesterday. Okay. Uh, I wasn't completely sure whether they had officially put it out there, but he's, he's out there. Uh, one other thing from Blizzard: World of Warcraft is doing something pretty special, and I wanted to call this out for the any of the other WoW players that might still be out there. You've no, you've you've likely heard that they're doing a a time walking event. What time walking events are? Is they give you the ability to go back and play classic content, and they auto scale your gear and your stats down to the level that they were at that time. Oh, that's cool. So what what they're doing for the first time? Normally, they've been doing this with just five man dungeons, okay. right? For the first time, they're doing with this with a twenty-five person raid. Wow! So you're going to be able to queue in with a group, uh, just multi, just matching, right? Sure. Uh, and go in with a twenty-five person group and do a raid in Black Temple, which is where you go in to fight Illidan. Now, this was in the first expansion that came out called the Burning Crusade.
1: What year was this? This uh, is two 2006- thousand. Yeah, that's when I started playing. And then stop. Yeah, 2005. 2006. Six. 2006. I was uh, it's when I came out here. It's yeah. 2006. Yeah.
0: I was playing it at your place when yeah. I first
1: came out here. I was just married, yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, so, yeah, that's happening. And, you know, if this, if this goes really well, the fact that they could now do the looking for group or looking for raid um, multiplayer matching across all of these older raids and older content... Now things start getting really interesting again, and, and LFR actually might have a real purpose other than just grinding for gear at the top level. Now it, they bring some of the fun back, and you don't have to go in and try and solo all of this older content. So uh, just a couple of quick hits there from Blizzard, uh, some big updates. So if you play either, uh, either of those games, let me know. I'd love to come play with you.
1: You know, uh, I think War- World of Warcraft is certainly a, a blockbuster of a game, but uh, back to the movie side of things, we we've had this sort of like problem with these supposed blockbusters this summer uh not quite living up to expectations i think this is something we should go chat about in the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat
0: well andy i want to start this conversation out first of all we're calling this episode blockbuster fatigue and you might have heard me use that phrase in the past we certainly have um overall this is a sentiment that people feel when there's just you can't. It, you find it impossible to get excited about a big tentpole film anymore because everything is now a big tentpole film, and every week there's a new big tentpole film coming out. That are these blockbusters, these franchises, and you just, it's so much that you become numbed to the excitement of the fact of these. I think Star Wars might be the only one that's been immune to this so far. Yep. Um, but I want to start out start this conversation out by reading a quote. Okay. Um. First of all, I want to preface even that by saying earlier in the year, we laid out the calendar and the schedule for the movie releases yep. that were going to be happening at least through August. And if we go all the way back to Logan, which was the beginning of March. March 3rd. And, and yeah. we said um, Logan and John Wick 2 kicked off where this season where every single weekend we were going to have a big tentpole sequel, franchise, new movie, big blockbuster, right? And yeah. you, there were four specifically in May that, that even into wanted June. to call out. And
1: even into June. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, every single weekend, we've got one of these big blockbuster, oh, my God, I got to go see this movie kind right. of thing going on. And I just like two or three weeks ago saw John Wick 2 and, and Logan. And, you know, when we recorded the last episode, I had finally watched those. What's happened here is I've got this weird overlap of back catalog where I'm not seeing movies until they get to. By the time I get around to seeing them, they're already out on, on video and DVD Yeah, because there are so many of them. So I want to read this quote. Uh, this is from, the I believe it's the Hollywood Reporter. Save for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Wonder Woman, every single summer poll so far, up until we were at in the middle of July, has underperformed in North America for varying degrees, resulting in revenue for the season currently running at 8% behind the same period it was last year. Even worse, the gains made in the earlier in the year with movies like Logan, John Wick 2 that we were talking about before, Beauty and the Beast. Beast, Thank you. Um, The gains that were made earlier in the year because of those have been eroded to the point where revenue for the full year is now even with 2016. So it's balanced out to all of basically where 2016 was. So they've, they made so much in the beginning, and they've lost so much since then that it's now balanced out to be where 2016 as a full
1: year was. Right, which wasn't how it was designed, because in theory, right. the movie should start making more as we hit Memorial Day, July 4th, and those are the big times. But yeah, go ahead.
0: No, so it's, that, was, that was the end quote, I should say. So I think where I come down on this is there's, it, we've talked about this plenty of times before. There's just too much content. I, as an individual, I can't find the time or the money to justify going to see four big tentpole movies or more every
1: month. So here's the question. Is it blockbuster fatigue or is it sequel fatigue? Because what's happened is the the movies that have underperformed, if you look at the numbers, are the ones that are sequels to something. By that, I mean Guardians doesn't count. Wonder Woman sort of doesn't count because it's not really a sequel, right? Those are newer things. Fine. Uh, Guardians got out of the gate early because they were the first big what summer temple thing yeah. early maybe before I left. Um, but then you look at Alien, underperforms. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean for sure underperforms. Um, uh, Transformers, while it's made a bunch of money, it's not made what it's expected to make. Uh, uh, Despicable Me 3 didn't do what they thought it was going to do. Is that worrying studios so much? I don't think so because what we have to remember sometimes is that while these are not necessarily failing domestically, a lot of these movies and these sequels that are getting made, and yes, we are tired of the fifth Transformers movie and the fifth Pirates movie, but they're still printing money Mm -hmm. here, even though it's not the numbers that they wanted over here, it's the overseas market. That's what this is all about, dude. This is all about uh, them making a bunch of money over there. Now, the things that we're hearing about here that are the big surprises, the Baby Drivers, which I haven't seen yet, uh, it's got a big thing. Wonder Woman, new sort of like happy movie, blah, 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 right? I will bet you that when Atomic Blonde comes out at the end of this month, it's going to make a ton of money. Why? It's something new. It's something different. Yes, people are going to go line up and go see the Pirates and the whatever, but it's not like I have to go out and go see that. Just like the stuff that you're saying. I don't need to run out and see these things. So is this even, like, are we fatigued by it? Is is everybody fatigued by the blockbuster, or are we fatigued by, like, okay, just give us something new and different?
0: I think there's a weird effect that happens here. I think the studios rely on the, the rags, the magazines, to tell them how their movie is performing. Meanwhile, the rags are, are only reporting on the opening night or the opening weekend and not the overall performance of the life of the film. That gives us a sort of jaded sense of wasting money to go see the movie at the movies in the first place or in the cinema yeah. in the first place. And it's this weird circle effect that happens where, and then the movie studios scramble and want to cut budgets and want to do all kinds of crazy stuff because they're not making money. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Um, but they are. You you use Transformers as an example. If we go back and we look at Transformers, it didn't have a big hundred million dollar opening weekend. I think it did something like sixty five million on an opening weekend. However, that movie's still done half a billion dollars since it came out two weeks ago. Yeah. A week and a half ago. So yes, a lot of that was the overseas market you were you were according to, but that movie is being sold as a failure, even though it's made five hundred million dollars, yeah, it's, it's not a failure. It's, it's not just, a it's, failure. it's
1: below expectations domestically.
0: Based on what?
1: Based on their what they what they originally thought the movie was going to make is what it is. Um. So here, okay, here's another example. Yeah. So there were this is the fifth Pirates movie and the fifth Transformers movie, right? So it's just like, oh, it's another Transformers movie that's coming out. I guess I'll go see it because I like the Transformers franchise. There was a time. When there was a Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, Mm -hmm. didn't cost two hundred million dollars. No, there was a time when there was a Halloween Five: The Curse of Michael Myers. Didn't cost two hundred million dollars. Why does it cost two hundred million dollars? Because it's Transformers, and it's got to be big and explosive. Michael Bay directs it, and like sure, right? So, like, if you're just gonna keep like churning these movies out, like, do you need to make them as big? Not really
0: well where I, where I constantly come back to is is I've, I fall on the I err on the side of the fact that we 've got too much content I mean if you combine the greed of the studios that is driving the need to put one of these out every single weekend, creating this exhausting catalog of content not only in movies but on TV as well, and now we combine that with what the streaming services the netflix the internet stuff. At some point, people have just got to say, enough. I don't know how families of four can go see this many movies and ha- and the studios still have this expectation that every single one of these movies that are coming out every single weekend are going to have $100 million box offices yeah. on opening weekends. It's too much input. We can't digest that much stuff in one year. It's You need to space it out a little bit. In a more. movie theater.
1: In a movie. Theater. Yes, slow the fuck down. Yeah, in a movie theater we can't, but in in over time, like what you're saying, yes, we can.
0: Like I was saying earlier, it's created this effect where I've it's created this back catalog. We we've talked about our back catalog of getting to video games and stuff. Sure. That's happening with movies. Yeah, I'm playing catch up and and just like I just saw Wonder Woman and Alien Covenant last week, so I'm I'm in this weird. I'm I'm gonna see all of them, but I'm not gonna rush out the minute the doors open and pay thirty dollars to see Wonder Woman just to say I saw it in a movie theater. I, no, It doesn't make any sense. It's not us being a smart consumer to do that. So there's a lot of logic that happens here, but I don't see the studios using logic. There's, there's not a lot of smart things happening coming out of the studios. What I will say, there's a silver lining to all of this, right? Is that we're going to have a ton of stuff to watch over the coming months. We're going to have a great catalog of things going forward, but it's not going to be at the cinemas. It's not going to be in the traditional movie theater experience, and is that a bad thing? Is that a bad side effect that they don't uh, they don't realize that they're putting on the into the consumer market with this whole blockbuster fatigue thing and creating all of this content is that they're pushing people out of the cinemas by doing
1: so? I think you're right about that the The thing that I want to bring up is there's there's something to be said about the corporate machine of just churning out these sequels and losing. The individuality of these films, and here's what I mean: What happened with the Han Solo movie? Let's get rid of the directors who aren't doing the things by the cookie cutter formula of the Disney Star Wars plan. Right? They're doing this a little bit. We don't like it that way. Like, get the Ron Howard. Ron Howard, you make the movie that we want to make the Star Wars movie of. Hey, Michael Bay, make the Transformers movie you're supposed to make. Right? Hey, uh, Edgar Wright, um, you should make. uh, We're going to have you make. No, 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 Edgar Wright. We don't want you to make Ant Man because and he was on it. We don't want you to make Ant-Man. We're going to give it to that guy. He's going to make Ant-Man the way we want to make it, right? So what's happening is these carbon copy movie formula things are getting made and we're losing the sense of like artistry and individuality that we're, we're supposed to be getting in these big summer movies, right? So by that I mean we want to see a Star Wars movie directed by Quentin Tarantino. Never happened. Never going to happen. We want to see a James Bond movie directed by Christopher Nolan. It'll never happen because it'll be his sort of style and it won't be like the formula that they want that they think is going to make the money because the corporations are involved. We'll never get to see an Edgar Wright Marvel movie. But if you look at what Edgar Wright did with Baby Driver and I haven't seen it yet, but it's getting rave reviews because of its style and whatever it is, because it's a different sort of take and it's a movie that's cool. Get Out was a movie that was cool and different; that was outside of the Hollywood formula. Wonder Woman, while a superhero movie, despite what you think of it, is different from the DC movie that we've gotten. At least a director put a little bit of a stamp on it. Uh, what else has done well? Oh, like, that's why I'm thinking like Atomic Blonde is going to do well. It'll be a different, cool, fun style action Logan. movie. Logan sure, was a great example. Sure, but like, but yes, fighting the, for the R rating, yes, taking less yes. salary, going against Deadpool the grain was against the like yeah. like those are the movies that are actually making money and people and are talking look at about how successful they were because they ex- went against the grain. Not Necessarily went against the grain, but they took risks. Yes. And it's cool to let guys be like, like to like let uh, uh, directors put a stamp on things. It makes you worry about like, uh, 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 Last Jedi and the other, like they're going to make their thing, but like they're never going to be like, hey, Edgar Wright, make a Star Wars movie. I don't, I don't know. I keep going back to him. Um, with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. <laughs> sure, but like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like, like nobody will get to like make a movie that has their sort of Creative stamp on Creative control. Creative control, their sort of style. Like it doesn't exist in, like in these big. Things. Like, it does, only, but you only, have
0: to be James Cameron and be a rebel and go make four Avatar movies.
1: Right. You have to have enough money to be like, F you, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, And that's going to be my way or the highway. Oh, but, but nobody gets to do that anymore. So we're losing the sense of individuality because of this. And I think it's unfortunate. I will say this, and I know you haven't seen it yet, or maybe you have. Um, Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. I did see that one. I forgot to tell you. And you know what? That had like a, a style it to fantastic. it. fantastic. had a style to it and it had a fun sort of thing to it. And yeah. that's like one of those where I was like, oh, this kind of like sort of like toes the line there of... Big corporate like King Kong property, but also has like a cool sort of style to it. So that gives me hope. But I guess speaking
0: of universes, that's one we didn't talk about, right? Yeah, Godzilla King Kong crossover, and it's working. And like,
1: and I I watched uh, the the original Godzilla thing on an airplane over one of these times, and uh, it didn't like I didn't like it as much. But like the Kong's Skull Island thing was so good. But you see what I'm getting at? Like I I think. The corporate sort of like oh and and maybe this is all a a, a just a thing to sell uh, a clickbait of like articles like oh like what you're talking about like are the numbers really that bad no. no I
0: do want to address what you just said so because I think it is a thing the studios are corporations they're treating movies like properties I'm yes. uh, uh, sorry not property products hmm. and they are product managing. Uh, a set of priorities of what needs to get accomplished to develop that product, right? And that has an X Y Z list of priorities to yeah. do. That is not the creative control is not being. Hey, here's this uh, spec script that we've got, Mr. Director. Yeah. Uh, go make it, and here's sixty million dollars to go make it with. We'll see you in six
1: months. Yeah. I can't wait to see the first. Uh, Passengers was an example of that. Was it really? Okay. Well, but think about it. It was a spec script, and it had been on the blacklist forever. And then it's like, okay, we got got, uh, Chris Pratt, and we got Jennifer Lawrence, and we got this director. Go.
0: So I think that Wonder Woman is most definitely a template. It fits very well into that kind of superhero almost trope at this point. But would
1: you agree that it broke the current DC Universe mold? Well, as far as the style broke of the it.
0: trend. I don't know but if it broke the mold, but it broke but the style of it in the tone. Uh, kind of, I mean, tone. It's, it's very man of steel with what, with wonder woman, but except with less but the, space, but the tone is different. <sighs> Fine. Fair enough. Um, but I, going back to my original point is that they're all products and they're being overseen by these corporate entities <laughs> and they're being driven and project managed by corporate entities and not by, directors not by creative people by money people that are given expectations and to do all that so that's why i think a lot of them are are coming out the same that's why i think we're
1: getting fatigued about all of them and i think that's why we're just kind of
0: yeah, I'll just wait till it comes out on. Yeah, disc. like
1: we're we're American. We want to see something cool and like fresh yeah. and like and neat. We 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 like to be like spoon fed. The like, here's your Transformers movie. Here's your X Men movie. Here's your like each time. Here's your superhero movie. I get it, but we also want to get like something cool out of each of them. I guess so the last thing I'll, I'll bring up is we actually have another sequel um, coming out this weekend. That's the final movie of a trilogy. That is getting advanced reviews, which we don't like to read advanced reviews, which is going against all the things we've been talking about. Um, And it's uh, it's another corporate thing, but it's supposed to be awesome. And that is the new Planet of the Apes movie. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if how we'll see how this falls into what we've been talking about. As far as the hype, as far as the box office, and as far as the quality of movie with an individual director stamp on it. But I mean, is
0: it pretty predictable of what the outcome is at this point just by looking at trailers and kind of following the story through a a through line? Yeah, it is.
1: Could be. It's it's going to be There's no through line with the Transformers movies from one to five, no. but like the, this is a true trilogy with the Apes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, it, it will, we could pretty well. It's
0: pretty predictable of what's going to happen. There's going to be a war. There'll be some standoffs. Woody Harrelson being the bad general, and Andy Circus being Caesar. And yeah. that's not to take away from any of those performances because Andy Circus doing his mocap stuff is top notch. It doesn't will get it, much. Will better it wrap than up a story? Hopefully, I don't. Know. I don't Hopefully, know. we'll see. Um, I don't. I honestly don't want him to wrap it up. I think that's a great universe. <laughs> I keep using that word. I want to live in that world. Much like I love living in the Lord of the Rings world, I enjoy living in the apes world of that kind of conflict. And there's a weird moral conflict there, line that gets blurred, right? Um, So that one specifically, I don't mind so much. But I, I, I think what I keep coming back to is that there's one of these every single weekend. And it's no wonder we're exhausted. It's no wonder we're just worn out. And it's no wonder we're excited when we see something like Ozark come up on Netflix going, uh-huh. Oh my God, different. It's new. It's cool. Wow, that, yeah, that's kind of,
1: I want to see new original ideas. Yeah, uh, not,
0: but at, the same, repeat-
1: but at the same time, we're also excited about Game of Thrones on Sunday, but yeah, you know what I mean? I but again,
0: we- it's like that world again, living in that world like star Wars or Lord of the Rings. At this point, it's got such a legacy behind it that you enjoy going to Westeros. you, you, whatever happens, you'll just go with it, yeah. right? Because you enjoy. they've developed and established that world. That's the difference to me. Pirates, I don't feel that way about. Transformers, I don't feel that
1: way no, about. No, there's not an established world. It's just like, here's the Transformers doing this this week. Here's the Johnny Depp doing this this week. The smartest thing they could do with Transformers since we've been hung up on that one, even though it did make
0: half a billion dollars. I want to keep harping on that. Yeah. Um, it, I, the smartest thing they could do for me and I wish they would have done this originally, is told the original cartoon story in a live-action format. I want to see the ship crashing on the side of the mountain, the Constructicons. Uh I want to see Spike and uh, his son, or was it the other way around? The dad with the son that found him, the construction guys. I want to see that whole story played out. So if they did anything more, I'd love to see them start over in a weird way. Um, Maybe not with the same CGI'd characters and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think a new cartoon could be something that they could do. Uh, maybe a Netflix cartoon.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, there's all kind. Of, Disney could maybe get a hold of the property somehow. Who is it? Paramount.
1: It's yeah, Hasbro Paramount. Hasbro yeah. Paramount. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I don't know. There's all kinds of... But I don't think we need any more of these movies from Michael Bay. I think this needs to be the last th- one.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. But if, but if it's making enough money that it probably won't be. And they won't I get- want
0: Michael he- Bay to go make another Bad Boys or another Pain and Gain. I want Michael Bay to go make Michael Bay movies. I'm yeah. tired of seeing Transformers movies. I I Michael Bay does what he does very well, but it's he only does that very well. Mm-hmm. And it's not Transformers movies. I'm sorry. The CGI looks fantastic. If you have your VFX reel... Have part of the Transformers movies on it. You don't need to look for a job anymore. You've, yeah. you, you're easily going to go find work.
1: So, I mean, that's our sort of talk about the blockbuster fatigue here in the lobby. Now, there is a certain person in the world that is going to have a little bit of wallet fatigue. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about? Mm,
0: I do actually. What's this about?
1: <laughs> this is uh, this is somebody who probably spent a lot of money to get maybe one of the most popular robots who wasn't a Transformer.
0: I don't know who did it, but I know what was bought. Go for it. <laughs> Is that Uh, to
1: say your impression? That's awesome.
0: (laughs) R2D2. That's good. The the original R2D2 was sold at auction for $2.7 million.
1: This is the prop used in the 1977 movie. Like one of the original. Does it still drive around? I have no idea. (laughs) But like if you were the guy that has the R2D2 and you had $2.7 million. Like, is there, like, do I see a 2.6? Do I see a 2.6? And, like, Warren Buffett raises his hand. And then, like, uh, the Koch brothers are like, oh, I'll go 2.7. So, like, <laughs> you know do you mean? know who ended up buying it? I have no idea. I'm just yeah, I don't speculating. Think it was even I'm, I'm speculating. It's like this crazy, like, rich guys that are yeah. just, like, in a room, like,
0: who wants the R2D2? Like, some dark Fidelio party that you have to have <laughs> a, some exclusive yeah. thing in
1: Beverly Hills, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like the eyes wide shut people are there and, and, like, <laughs> and, and Bill Gates. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm sensing a thunderstorm coming, which will lead us to our lightning round. In in staying with the Transformers theme, the lightning round this week will be, and it's your turn, by the way. Oh, okay. You have to name as many Transformers as you can. Oh, okay. Ready? Okay. Right? Okay. And go.
0: Optimus Prime. Perfect. Bumblebee. Yep. Jazz. Yep. Uh, Megatron. Yep. Starscream. Yeah. Soundwave. Laserbeak. Ravage.
1: Did you think of any of the Dinobots? uh,
0: Grimlock. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Uh, I'm thinking of the Constructicons, and I can't remember their names. Uh, There was the Bulldozer, the Cement Truck, and the Excavator.
1: I'll accept that. I can't remember.
0: (laughs) I know what they were. (laughs) I don't either. Uh, The Dinobots were like a T Rex. What was the police car? Grimlock was a, a, a Triceratops.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, he was, was a, a Stegosaurus. He, no, uh, Grimlock was the T-Rex. Oh, he was the T-Rex. You're right. Uh, what, was the, what was the police car guy? Uh, Prowl. Yeah, Prowl. Prowl. And then the, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, there was one with the uh, Ironhide. Ironhide, uh, yes. Oh, man. What else do we have? Uh, there was the
0: one that was the Medic Chopper or something like that. And oh, I can't remember yeah. what it was. Uh, the big... Creation that was a real Transformer. I think it was the second movie, Revenge of the Fallen, that
1: sucked everything in. Devastator. Devastator. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm kind of out. <laughs> Me too. I wasn't. I was, we were more of GI <laughs> Joe guys, but at <laughs> yes. least at least we got something out of it, right? yay we can win the game. It's 39 lightning rounds we've done, or like oh, man
0: and we're gonna do 39 more. Yeah, we are. Well, hey, guys, that was a lot of fun. Andy, again, so great to have you back. Oh, so Um, good to be back. I have genuinely missed having you here every single week. Likewise. And um, it's good to have you back. Uh, Guys, we've gotten a lot of reviews. Uh, We want to pick one out every week. Uh, We'll start doing that next week to read at the beginning of the show. Thank you for all of this wonderful feedback. Yes, We've missed you guys. Thank you for being patient with us as we've uh, been a little sparse getting our episodes back. But Dr. Nelson is back in the house. Got, uh, and I got a, a doctor now? Doctor. Right. Okay. Uh, and we are back to doing this every single week going forward. Leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your favorite Transformer was or Ooh. what movie you are the least excited about to see this year. Oh, yeah. You can find us over on Twitter at orbital jigsaw or you can come over to the facebook page which is official concession stand nice i'm nick howell you can find me over
1: on twitter at data center dude i'm andy nelson you can find me at andy nelson 76 also on twitter but until next week we will see you next time later bye